welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I am your host, Keeper Blakesley, and today we're going to be talking about the films Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And also Wedding Plan, and we're also going to be talking about the Kids First Film Critics Boot Camp. We have today a very special guest. We're going to be talking to voice actress Amber Frank. You may know you may know her for her new upcoming role in Spirit Riding Free. It's a new Netflix series coming out May 5th. Amber, we're very happy to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Now, Amber... Fans of you would know you from Hunter Hathaway's, but um, let's get to know you before we start talking about Spirit Writing 3. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into acting and your origin story, pretty much. Basically, I was about seven years old when I first started wanting to be an actress. My mom's friend from when she was younger moved to L.A. and became a manager, and her son was an actor, so she encouraged us to move out here for a little while and try it out because she knew that I loved performing and writing and like making jokes and like I would get everybody together in my neighborhood and we would make you know music with you know pots and pans and stuff and so we came out to LA and I just kind of fell in love with the whole idea of everything and I booked a small movie so when I was on set I just fell in love with acting and working with other people and getting to make people feel things and perform. And I just fell in love with all of it. So now um, I just kind of stayed and did my own thing until I uh, became a little bit successful. And I ended up on a show about five years after auditioning. Uh, and now I'm doing a bunch of different stuff. And, yeah, it's been an amazing ride. Now today we're going to be talking about your new sh- the, the new show you're a part of, Spirit Writing Free, which is a spinoff. Uh, animated show from one of my favorite films growing up, um, Spirit, yeah. the 2002 film. I love that film growing up, one of my favorites. Um, so I'm guessing you've seen the film as well, um, Spirit. Yeah, I watched it when I was like pretty young. Um, and I remember when I got the audition for Spirit, I was so stoked because I had seen the movie growing up. I loved horses. So, uh, and, and also it's an Oscar-nominated film. Like I think that's so amazing. Now, what's great about this is it's it's a spinoff of, of a beloved movie. So what does this show bring to the table with this, this new story? Well, it's a little bit different, which is cool because, you know, we didn't want to completely make it the same thing because the movie itself is so amazing that it shouldn't be touched too much. But it's basically supposed to be a descendant of spirit, and he's this wild horse, and it, you know, definitely showcases that and he has all the same qualities as the original spirit horse and it, it just shows you know the love for being free and in writing and uh it's definitely a beautiful bond between lucky and spirit that you get to see that was also in the original movie with a different character so um there's some aspects to it that are the same but a lot of it is different but i mean it, it, it's the same like just of it and i think that's cool but uh, i also enjoy how it's still different like the horses don't talk in this one and uh there's new characters and stuff which is cool i'm gonna add something new to the table so uh yeah. i believe this is your first voiceover role on a television show it is yeah 
So tell us about the experience about being a being a voice actress and also how it's different from being in front of the camera and being in front of a microphone. Yeah, it's very odd coming from live action because when you're on a film set or a TV set, it's uh, a lot of hard work and being there, you know, 12 hours a day, five days a week and hair, makeup and wardrobe and all that stuff. And with this, it's very different. It's only, you know, a few times a month you go in and we can knock out an episode in a few hours and you don't have to worry about what you're wearing or what you look like because it's just your voice. So it's definitely weird for me. Sometimes I forget that I'm even working on the show because there's not as much work that I have to put into it as I'm used to. Um, but I mean, I had been auditioning for voiceover stuff for years until I ended up with Spirit. Um, I kind of thought that I would never end up on a voiceover show. I never really thought I had the voice for one, I'd never like worked on one before and I was so used to live action. So, I mean, I love it. I think it's really cool that I'm getting to do something new and it's super exciting and everyone I work with is amazing. So it's been great. Now, what would you say is some of the challenges of doing voiceover work that makes it different? So what are some of the challenges? Um, the challenge, I think the biggest thing is just being able to, uh, showcase the right emotions through just your voice. It's a lot easier in live action because you get to move your face around and your arms. You can use your body language and your facial expressions to express how you're feeling where with voiceover, you have to do it all just in your voice and your performance. Uh, so it, it can make things difficult, but it's awesome to have the challenge. Um, another thing that has been kind of frustrating is when I was on my show, I struggle with allergies, and you can't really tell when you're on a live-action show because uh, you're more distracted by everything that's going on. But with you know voiceover, it's very much about your voice. And so there's been a lot of sessions where I've had to work through my allergies because like, even right now I'm kind of having them, so I sound a little bit nasally, and that's always really frustrating for me because your voice has to sound perfect. Um, but, I mean, besides that... It's been pretty awesome, and everybody that I work with, like, we all have a very great bond, and it makes the records really easy, which is great. Yeah, well, as they say, the camera captures everything. Well, in voice acting, the microphone captures everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Super 4. We're going to continue our conversation with Amber Frank, but also we're going to be talking about the films Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, and Wedding Plan. So, um, Amber, continuing our conversation with um, your show, Spirit Writing 3, what is it that you, uh, that you audience to look forward to the most with this show? With this show, I just want everybody to... Enjoy it and just appreciate the beautiful writing that it has. It just shows so many great relationships and teaches so many amazing lessons. I've learned stuff just from being able to work on this show. Um, I think that it's very empowering and it just it shows a lot about love and friendships and standing up for yourself and not caring so much about what other people think and just being yourself. And I think that that's something that I always wanted to see in a show growing up and there wasn't a lot of it. So I'm really excited for the younger kids to be able to see that and learn that and, um, and for everybody to just enjoy it. And it's super funny too, which is great. So yeah, 
Now, you mentioned you, you learned a lot from this experience. Now, of course, besides the technical aspects we talked about, about focusing on your voice and how sometimes allergies can get in the way, what is like the collaborative uh, part of it? Because, again, as being an actress, there's the collaboration of the director and the writers. Like, how was that collaboration? Um, it's very interesting because, you know, when you, a lot of voiceover shows do one-on-one recording, which is when they only have one voiceover actor in the booth at a time, where for us, we do a lot of group recordings. So it's interesting because you have to be very quiet in the room where when I was doing live action, there'd be a lot of overlapping lines and, you know, hand movements and moving stuff around to make it look like real life where when you're in the booth, you can't do any of that. You can't, you know, make noise with your hands and you can't overlap lines. You can't laugh over lines or anything like that, which makes it kind of difficult. And also when you're in the booth, there's this big glass wall that separates you and like the producers and the voice director and stuff. And so it's kind of odd getting used to communicating with people through the glass, which is something I definitely wasn't used to. Um, But it's definitely been a really cool experience, and I've had a lot of fun getting to learn how to interact with everybody. Yeah, it's funny how, like, one-on-one it can be, but also how much you're separated with a class. It's like you're in this booth, so, like, can we have that again whenever you're ready? Yeah. So what would you you say is your fondest memory from working on this show? Best memory... I mean, I don't know. There's there's so many times. We've been working on this show for about two years now. Maybe my favorite would probably be when we first we um, went in about five months after we had done the pilot and or after we had got been cast in the in the pilot, the first episode. Uh, we went in after the series had been picked up, and we were in the big DreamWorks booth, which we occasionally get to record in and whenever we do it's really cool because it's such a big booth and it's like really fancy and we went in and we recorded in that booth and they gifted us these portraits of lucky riding spirit and it's such a beautiful picture and it was kind of like the moment where it became surreal to me that like this was going to become a show so Mm -hmm. that would probably have to be it wow this and i understand like you are talking and you're doing all these voice recordings, and then you get to see your character actually, like what your character actually looks like. I bet it is kind of like, oh my gosh, my voice is going to be speaking through this character. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And it's pretty cool because a lot of the characters look like the voice actors. Like I, I feel like I look a lot like Lucky, and Sydney, who plays Prue, looks a lot like her. And then um, Bailey, who plays Abigail, looks a lot like Abigail. So it's really cool and it kind of seems like they did it on purpose but they didn't like it was just a coincidence which is really weird but pretty awesome it was just fate you were meant to play this role (laughs) yep exactly well thank you so much amber frank for talking about spirit writing free it's been a pleasure thank you and i can't wait to see what more you will do this show is sponsored by super four thank you so much for listening we're gonna be taking a break but make sure to go check out Spirit Writing Free on Netflix May 5th. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keith Blakesley. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. 
to become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions. We are just talking to Amber Frank, who plays Lucky in the new Netflix and DreamWorks Coalition show called Spirit Riding Free. Now we're going to be talking to Clayton about the brand new movie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So, Clayton, how are you doing, and what do you think of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? I am doing great, and I think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is actually more thrilling and hilarious than its predecessor. Like, usually in, like, sequels, it's not like that. But for this one, I feel like it's better than the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Really? Well, that's a very nice surprise because I was kind of worried, you know, for a lot of sequels in Hollywood, it is kind of kind of drop in quality. It's a drop in originality. It's just kind of port of the original. Would you say that's true at all, or would you say it brings a whole different element to the series? I feel like in this one film, it brings an entire different element, but in other movies, sequels usually are not that way. Sadly, that is very true. And something that I personally loved about the first one was the special effects in spaceships and all these giant laser attacks and just so much cool special effects stuff. So how's the special effects in this film? The special effects, I don't remember that much from the first uh, film, but... I feel like there's probably more special effects in this film than the first one. And something that I personally loved also was the acting. So what did you think of the acting? We, have, of course, have people like Chris Pat who plays Peter Quill. We have people like Ben Diesel, who plays Baby Groot, which is kind of funny because he's a very muscular, manly man. So what did you think of the acting? Um, the acting was really good. I sort of, uh, Ben Diesel actually did a good job. I was surprised. I didn't really know he was Groot. So I sort of laughed when he was Groot. But everyone did great. The voice actors did a great job. I, I was still, I was also surprised with the acting again. So they did a better job, I feel like, with acting in the second one than the first one as well. You know, that kind of does happen because they get more used to the roles. They get really into their characters and start connecting on a personal level. So that does make sense. So kind of more of a personal question. Out of all the Marvel films, which one is your favorite? Ooh, that's really hard. Okay, um, it's either Deadpool 
or um, Doctor Strange? I have to say Doctor Strange is my favorite. That was an amazing film. But for this one, how many stars would you give it and why? I would give this four out of five stars uh, for its engaging humor and captivating action. And why not five out of five stars? Because for me, I don't know. I think it was maybe it was just a little confusing at some points or like there was a couple of characters that didn't make sense at a given point. Hmm. Well, that's slightly disappointing, but was it a big deal, or would you say it was not that noticeable? It wasn't that noticeable. Um, I'm just really picky, so... Well, that's understandable. So what would you say your favorite scene is? My favorite scene is by far when uh, Rocket Raccoon uses traps uh, to defeat an incoming horde of Ravagers. And you will find out more about the Ravagers in uh, Volume 2. Oh, well, that seems like a new species that we're going to get introduced to. And how is the comedy? Because, of course, Volume 1 of the first film was very famous for its jokes and just how hilarious it was. So the humor is like 10 times better in the second one than the first one. Because whenever Drax is in the scene, he just, like, the entire scene just focuses on him with his, like, crazy, hilarious laughter. And he's, like, by far one of the funnest, uh, funniest characters in any movie I've ever seen. Huh, yeah, he's definitely one of the funniest in the Guardians of the Galaxy films. But speaking of characters, so in the first film, Groot was easily a fan favorite. In this one, what would you say is the fan favorite? Which one is your favorite character? So in this one, Groot is, like, a baby, so he's not really, like, focused on so much. But... The fan favorite is probably always Star-Lord, but uh, Chris, Chris Pratt. And uh, my favorite is probably either Rocket Raccoon, because he's really funny and like small and cunning and stuff, or Drax, because his incredible laugh and how he captivates the audience. You know, I like Drex, too, just because of how unique his character is. He's definitely a very interesting person, and I really like what they did with him. So, how is the soundtrack? Because the first one also had fantastic music. The soundtrack is amazing. So, the film starts out with the 70s song Brandy by Looking Glass, and they also uh, later they go on to Surrender by Cheap Trick, My Sweet Lord by George Harrison, Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum, and there's just so many old 70s and 80s songs. You know, I really love when they have 70s and 80s songs that were from like 20, 30 years ago. These futuristic sci-fi movies just gives it a nice feel. So what age range would you give this film and why? I'd give it 10 to 18 because I feel like there is some action and there is some talk about like romance and things like that. So I feel like kids under 10 might not understand some things that they talk about or might be frightened by some of the action. Well, that makes sense. So thank you so much for talking to me about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Nice talking to you. If for the viewers, if you'd like to check out this film, it is out now, so definitely check it out. But now we're going to shift gears. We're going to continue talking to Clayton this time about the... Uh, Kids First Boot Camp that took place in Brooklyn. For the viewers, if you like more information about the Kids First Boot Camp, it runs from mid-July to August. And the full schedule is available on kidsfirst.org. But Clayton, for the viewers who don't know, can you tell us about the Kids First Boot Camp and what it is? What it is. So the Kids First Boot Camp 
is uh, a week-long boot camp where Kids First uh, reviewers can go and enhance their skills on review, uh, reviewing, uh, how to use a green screen, how uh, to do better when you go to the red carpet, and uh, other things like that. It goes a lot deeper. So it's kind of like almost an intermediate or expert, expert training for Kids First members, right? Yes. And would you, what did, what was kind of the most interesting things you learned or you experienced there, would you say? The most helpful thing for me was that I learned certain words to not use in my uh, essays, like never use the word amazing and things like that. And I also learned how to make my essays a lot more intellectual. So now they're a lot better than like before I went to the camp. But the most interesting thing was how to use like a cheap green screen, like without buying a green screen. You know, green screens are definitely an interesting thing. There's so many ways of doing a green screen or just keying in general. It's kind of fascinating to think of all the ways and what people come up with. But what would you what would you say if people wanted to learn more about becoming a critic or they want to kind of get better at critiquing films themselves? What tips would you give them? What tips would I give them? Never uh, never use the word amazing because you you just probably use that a lot. Take your time when writing and try to get into what you're writing about. Feel passionate about your writing and just don't like feel like, oh, I have to do this again. Such a bore. You have to like feel, yes, this is so fun. I'm going to do this. You have to feel like you have to have compassion for what you're writing about. Yeah, I know something I deal with personally, and I'm sure a lot of other kids' first film critics deal with it too, is that there's always some sort of word or a group of words that you go to when you want to describe something. Instead of creating several words, you just go to this one word constantly. Chris, I always had trouble with that. How about you? Yeah, I, I usually use the word amazing, but then I go through and look over my draft, and then I use more like intellectual words. I tried to do the same thing. The, the source is definitely a savior for me. It's great. That was kind of my worst enemy early on. But what would you say is probably probably your most favorite part of watching a film? Would it be the film review? Would it be talking about it on the radio show, the written review? Um, definitely the written review because I love like writing and creative writing. And I'm just a little like, what is it? Not really antisocial, but freaked out when I like talk about something like on a radio show or something. So just at home with like a snack or like a drink writing uh, my review is by far my favorite thing. Yeah, and you can really get personal since it's just words and you can really put your heart out onto a piece of paper. I definitely agree that the written review is really, really fun. So out of all the reviews you've done, which one would you say was kind of your favorite? You feel like this one review is the best and really came out great? Ooh, I've done a lot. Ooh, let me think. My best review? Yeah, in your opinion. It's either Alice Through the Looking Glass or the one that I just did of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Alice Through the Looking Glass, that was definitely a quote-unquote good film. So what would you say is probably the hardest part about being a film critic? The hardest part is definitely getting over the stress of uh, doing all these things and making time throughout your day to accomplish the tasks. Mm, that is very true. It is definitely takes a lot of time, but it's also a lot of fun to be able to talk 
through talk about the films that are either good or bad and just give your opinion. Thank you so much, Clayton, for talking to me about the Kiss vs. Boot Camp. Nice talking with you. Again, for our viewers, if you like more information about the Brooklyn Kids First Bootcamp, it runs from mid-July to August. Our full schedule is available on kidsfirst.org. Definitely check it out. It's pretty cool. I've been to a couple of them, and they are really fun. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and this show is sponsored by Super 4. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We were just talking to Clayton about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and also the Kids First Boot Camp in New York City. And now we are going to be talking to Kamai about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So Kamai, what did you think of the film? Um, I thought it was pretty funny. It was, it was, there weren't that many action scenes, but I think it was more of a family movie you will watch with your siblings and stuff like that. Hmm, very interesting. So that kind of seems like it was quite different from the first one, because the first one was very mature. There was a lot of action scenes. It was kind of the standard action-packed montage. Would, would you say this one differed? Um, it, it did differ. I mean, sure, there are some fighting scenes, since Marvel has to include that. But it was kind of more relaxed, like the characters weren't so serious, you know, they were kind of funny, there were more jokes and action scenes, and I think that what that change made it just a little bit better, so yeah, I really enjoyed that. Really, you think that the story fits better in this sort of form, instead of the previous form where it was kind of standard superhero fighting nonstop? Yeah, because, you know, it just makes it, since it's... If everybody li- loves comedy, so I mean, sure, there's action, um, action uh, scenes and stuff that makes you entertained, but it's more the comedy and jokes that make you want to see it again. Hmm. So, would you say that they could safely release a volume three, perhaps in the near future, and that would be perfectly fine? Yes, they should do that, but I say um, they should add just a little bit more action films 
just so it doesn't become a comedy movie of the year, so I can still uh, stay with action-packed and stuff like that. It's kind of found like a middle ground between the two, you'd say. So, well, can you tell us the story of the film? Okay, well, basically, in this film, it starts off with on the Guardians of the of the Guardians fighting this giant monster. Basically, they're just saving the galaxy as a team and stuff. And it starts off like that, and they steal some batteries from a place, and they go on this journey to find uh, Peter's dad and to, like, save the universe from an even bigger threat that might destroy the whole, the whole universe. And that's what this movie's about. Hmm, very interesting. Now, would you say that it's just kind of a standard story and it's just kind of repeated from all other stories that are like it? Or do you, do you think it's unique and it's a new perspective? Yeah, I do, because it's not like any standard story. I mean, there are some surprising events that you wouldn't have even seen coming. I mean, you could saw the you saw the comedy and the action coming, but some of the surprising events you just you were you just you were just like <gasps> you were just shocked, you gasped or whatever, and you were just like wow, I, I never saw that coming. Well, that's very good to see. So something that Clayton kind of said was that the story was a little confusing at times. Would you agree, or would you say this? Would you agree, or do you disagree that the story was smooth and there was no confusion? No, I. I have to agree with him because you know there was some confusion with the genetic stuff i mean some people got lost they're like what's what's he talking about and so i can agree that there's some confusion in this movie and would you say that impacted the entertainment quite a lot or do you think it's still a very easy film to watch no i think it's still a very easy film to watch because it was only like a quick confusion it wasn't too long it wasn't for the whole movie you could still understand the the gist of it you didn't have to get it all the way but as long as you understood the main idea you're pretty much like okay i get it a little bit but so a little confusing but you're fine well that's very good to hear that it was only a very small portion wasn't that big of a deal you're listening kids first coming attractions and not right now we're talking to uh, Kamai about guardians of the galaxy volume two right now we're just talking about something a previous film critic clayton said that the story is a little confusing Kamai agrees but it's not really that big of a deal so, Kamai, I have a very tough question. Would you say that this is better than the first film or not? Um, that's a really difficult question, but I think it might be just a little bit better. Because when I saw the first film, I, th- I was just like, eh, it's okay, it's not the best. But after seeing this one, I, I thought that it really improved a lot since last year. So, I, I think it's the second one's better. Well, that's very good to hear. And what would you say your favorite scene is in the film? I would say my favorite scene is in the film is during the ending where Peter gets some kind of superhuman powers and he's just on a rampage just showing everything. I think that was like the best part of the movie. Oh, that sounds very interesting to hear. And I'm sure something that's connected to that is special effects. And what did you think of the special effects in the movie? I mean, this whole movie is mainly made of, of special effects. I mean, you have like CGI and people flying and stuff like that and super fast fighting so this whole movie is basically depending on special effects so i think they did a great job on that well that's good to hear it looked realistic and it looks smooth that's very nice to hear and what would you say your favorite character is and did it differ from the first film my favorite character is peter or star lord you call him that 
And the reason I, t I think he's the best character is because, you know, he's more funny. He goes he goes through things with his team, and it, it's just kind of nice. Now, would you say there's any moral to the story, or do you think it's just mainly entertainment, no real message to see? You know, I don't think there's really a moral. I mean, even I, I just thought about that question, and I couldn't really see one. So I think it's just for entertaining. Well, that's fine. And how many stars would you give the film, and why? Uh, five out of five stars because actually four out of five stars because you know it could have been a little better with it could have been a little better, but you know it wasn't that bad. So four out of five stars. What do you think they could have changed to make it better? Well, they could have like maybe just a little bit more fighting scenes because in the whole movie, most of the fighting scenes were during near the end. So if they hmm. could have like, done it from the beginning, it would have been a lot better. Kind of like almost climax fighting scenes instead of just a whole story of fighting. Yeah. Now, so what would you say the age rating is? Because kind of talked about, kind of, we kind of heard earlier how it's more of a family version of the film. So what would you say the age range is? You know, I have a little cousin, and I think he would be able to watch this too. So maybe like five and up because it wasn't that bad. There oh well, that's a, that's a really large age range. Yeah, because there weren't as many cuss words I expected. I mean. And even if they they cuss a little bit, it was only like one or two, and they weren't even the very serious ones. Yeah, because I know the first one, it was pretty mature. They didn't get a PG-13 rating and everything. Huh. Well, that's good to hear that they went for more of a family-oriented perspective. And something else that I really liked about the Guardians of the Galaxy series is the music. So what did you think of the soundtrack? You know, the soundtrack is like Peter's main story, because that's what he got from his mom. He got this little... Little um, he got headphones and this little uh little MP3 player, and basically throughout the story you hear like music playing, and slow motion scenes you hear the music, and you also hear is um MP3 playing sometimes too. So I think music also helps with the movie. So another question. So this film has quite a few main characters since it's a team of the characters. Would you say that ever gets confusing, or would you say? One character doesn't really get enough coverage in the film. Um, no, I think every character gets a lot of attention. But if I had to choose which one gets the least attention, it might be Groot. So I think that's why in the very beginning of the movie they gave him like a big little scene. Hmm, that's very disappointing because I know in the first one Groot personally he was my favorite and he definitely made up a lot of the film's runtime. But I understand since he is kind of just a baby now. Now, if they did make a new film, what changes do you think they should make to kind of the style of Guardians of the Galaxy? One definite change I want them to have is to make Groot grow up. I don't want him to stay like that little baby form forever because he can't really fight anymore. And it, it, I mean, sure, he can still talk and say, I am Groot, but that's pretty much it. And... And if they also made a second one, I'd like them to add more more action scenes, but more comedy too, so it can be like a good little mix. So would you actually say that the Groot in this one definitely needs improvements? Um, it does need some improvement, but not that much. Let's go to here. Thank you so much for talking to me about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, you're you're welcome. Like I said before, if you'd like to check out this film, it's now in theaters near you, so definitely check it out. 
Let's take a break. I'm your host, Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and this show is sponsored by Super 4. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hello and welcome back to the program kids first coming attractions i'm your host keeper blakesley and we just got done talking about the guardians of the galaxy volume two and also we've been we had a wonderful interview with amber frank from spirit riding free we're going to end the show with Miss Morgan talking about the new comedy, The Wedding Plan. This comedy is seems very fun, so let's talk about Morgan. So, uh, Morgan, um, tell us a bit about what this film is about and what you thought of it. So, most people think that they have faith and they like all say, oh yeah, we have faith in God, we believe in Him and everything, but it's really about how much are they willing to give it and are they willing to give it a hundred percent and put their family, their money beliefs and trust into the hands of God. And this is really a fabulous tale about faith and hope and romance, comedy, drama, and how things can be rough, but you need to buckle down and be kind and try your best to have faith and in yourself, no matter what happens. And I would have to say that the writing and acting is brilliant and you will ha- you will just be on the edge of your seat throughout this humorous story, and you'll just be like, "Wow, that just happened!" It's fantastic the way they bring it all together. Now, the premise of the film is pretty funny too. Um, we have a main character who her husband says that she doesn't want to marry her anymore, and so and so she says, "Well, I have a month into the wedding. Might as well just." Don't let the wedding go to waste, so let's see if I can find somebody in a month before the wedding actually happens, which is a pretty funny premise. There's some some rush there to trying to find the man of her dreams before the wedding happens, so it's it's an interesting premise. So um, you talked about the comedy. What to you made this film funny? Um, I would say that this isn't really a comedy as much. It isn't. It's really about faith more than comedy. It has a little bit of humor in it, but it's more like a drama, romantic story than it is comedy. But the humor that they have is funny, and even though it's, like, very little, you can still laugh, but it is okay. 
Interesting. So um, tell us about, like, since you, I believe you interviewed the director and writer, Rama Burstein, about this film. So um, tell us about what you two talked about and um, how they made this film. We talked about a lot of different things. Like, we talked about what was it like to make the film, who was her favorite person to work with, and all kinds of different uh, such types. And she said that she really enjoyed making the film and that it was really something different, and that they filmed it in Israel, and they decided that they wanted to bring it to America, so they put uh, subtitles on the bottom in English so that way we could read. And it was really cool the way that they did that because it didn't even seem like you were reading. It really, you just got so drawn into the story. You were like, it was just so amazing the way that they were able to do that and really stupendous as well. And she said that she really loved working with Nora Cooler, who plays McCallie, who is the fabulous main character of the show. She said that she really enjoyed working with her because she is fantastic. And she said that she really followed directions well. And I would have to say that it was amazing the way that she could be able to bring out this character. And she really had a strong head and you could really just tell that she felt the exact same emotions. And you were just like, you were so drawn in. It was just a fantastic film. Now, um, this film you say is about faith. Now, even if you're, let's say you're not a person of faith, because sometimes you are, how open is this audience to people um, with different beliefs? I would have to say that it is pretty open, because they don't really talk that much about, like, um, well, they do, actually, but they don't, like, go so deep into it, because it's more about faith and to God, so that we shall be able to find a mate. But it's not, like, uh, really, really deep into it. Like, they want to tell you the stories of Jesus and Moses and all that. So they kind of make sure that they keep that out of the way. But it still does include faith. So it's, like, pretty much very open to a variety of different people as well. Now, uh, what would you say is your favorite part in this film? I would have to say that my favorite part in this film would have to be the way that they put it all together, as well as, um, I really love the van that she had when she did the petting zoo. I really thought that it was hilarious. Like, that was one of the few aspects of comedy that they had. And it was adorable the way that they had all the different animals packed into there, and she petted them. And uh, one of my personal favorite scenes was when she was trying to get the girls to pet the snake, and one of them volunteered, and the other girl was like, no, we can't, they can't do that. The snake might hurt them. And it was actually really funny. And I think that it was just hilarious the way that they were able to do that. And I think that it should definitely get an award. And actually, it did get awards. And I'm really happy about that. And I'm like, yay, good. They should get more awards. And I think that one of the people who definitely does deserve an award would be uh, Nora Cooler because she was just terrific. And it got an award for costumes. I heard that from the amazing director and writer, Roma Burstein, and she said that uh, it was really fun making them uh -huh. and that she really loved being able to do that because most people today, they put graphics and they just go to costume places and, you know, they find a cute dress, but these were all handmade so that way they would look more realistic. Very interesting. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Super 4. We're going to continue our conversation with Morgan about 
the wedding plan. So, uh, Morgan, you were talking about you uh, the costuming in this film and also your talk with the writer and director. So what else did you guys talk about regarding the film? And can you go elaborate more on what she enjoyed most of making this film? Um, she said that one of the things that she enjoyed most was probably being able to um, come to Israel and, you know, she was able to go and see it. And she spent most of her childhood there. So it was able, uh, she really liked being able to spend time there. And then she said that when she got to come over to America, she was able to come back to where she was born because she was originally born in New York. So she went to New York when she was born and then she went to Israel, grew up there, made the movie there. And then she came back to America to promote her film. And she said that she really does enjoy the factor that she's able to come back to America and she's able to see how things have changed and she's able to see New York again and come to California and that she's really enjoying that factor. And she said that it's really fun. She said that, honestly, she enjoyed the entire baking of the film. And one of her personal favorite things uh, was the very first scene where they had the scene with the mother and the fish and Michele. They actually really liked making that scene, and that was one of her favorite things to do. And she also loved being able to work with all the costumes. Um, and one of her favorites was personally the wedding gown. She loved that one. Oh, and that's I definitely agree. It was just, like, amazing the way that they put it all together. We were like, wow, that is fascinating. That's wonderful. It's nice to be able to be a filmmaker and film at a place that just holds dear to your heart. Many directors like Scorsese loves filming in Brooklyn and New York because that's that's their home. Same thing with um, this director. It's just There's just something about it, the atmosphere, about filming in some place that just so holds so dear to your heart that makes makes filming a bit more passionate. And it's great that they were able to share, bring it all over with America. I love it when, because uh, um, the American American cinema, I feel like is great with bringing in films from all over the world to show to people because I just feel like we need to, sh we need to show films from different countries because there's a vast library of films all over the world that are not even heard of in America that just, I feel like moviegoers all, um, of Artipanasia should be exposed to. Now, uh, tell us about this film and the performances, because it sounds like we have some great performances some amazing actors and actresses. Oh, my goodness. The acting is superb, honestly. Nora Cooler, who plays McCallie, does a superb job for telling the story by showing how hard it can be to find the perfect mate, because it's a common human belief that as we grow up, everybody's goal is to find a mate or somebody to spend the rest of their lives with. While McCallie is planning her big wedding, she finds out that the man who she's engaged to doesn't want to marry her, does not love her truly, so she goes through this crazy entire elaborate thing of trying to find a mate in 30 days, on the eighth day of Hanukkah is when she's trying to find him, and she's just, like, telling everybody this story, and she's like, oh, well, I'm going to get married, and I'm trying, I don't have a groom, so will you be the groom? And they're just like, woman, what is wrong with you? And she, like, wants to think that everybody she bumps into is the person, and she's like, oh, well, I bumped into a rock star, maybe he is it. Oh, well, I bumped into this guy, maybe he is it. And so she's always, like, wondering, okay, who is it going to be? And at the same time, she's like, you know, if it doesn't happen, I'm just going to stay a widow. I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to have kids. So either way, you know, God, I'm happy. Either way, just tell me what you want me to do, and I'm, I'll do it. Stay a widow. That means that her husband died. 
So I don't think that she would stay a widow. Oh, but, uh, that's what no, she said. It's so, oh, that sounds interesting that this film is dabbles with about fate because I think like a lot of us, uh, uh, I, I truly believe it's something of soulmate. And yeah, on your first date, I don't feel like you want to say, hey, let's get married after the first date. That's kind of sends some red flags. But you know what? It sounds like it's a, it sounds like it's a very romantic, wonderful film to sh- for couples and movie goers to enjoy. Thank you so much, Morgan, for talking about The Wedding Plans. Thank you. And I would also have to say that the age range for this would have to be probably around 10 to 18. And I would give this five out of five gigantic wedding bouquets. Beautiful. Well, thank you very much, Morgan, for talking about The Wedding Plan. This film is in the United States, May 12th. So please go check it out. With that said... Without said, thank you so much for listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To check out more of our reviews and also red carpet and press junket events, please go check out our website, www.kidsfirst.org. Also, check out our YouTube page of the same name, Kids First. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to go check out these wonderful films we talk, discuss on our show. And also go check out Spirit Ride, Spirit Ride Free uh, coming out on Friday. With that said... Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Keeper Blake Lee, and this show is sponsored by Super 4. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. <laughs>